Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. So our second reading instead this morning is from the book of 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 to 18. Hear now the word of the Lord. He said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts. For the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, you shall anoint Hazel as king over Aram. Also you shall anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And you shall anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, of Abel, as prophet in your place. Whoever escapes from the sword of Hazel, Jehu shall kill. And whoever escapes from the sword of Jehu, Elisha shall kill. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, and all knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. These are the words of the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as we have read your word and as it is proclaimed, may it speak to us. May we see ourselves in the footsteps and the place of the people you have called before us. That as we try to navigate these chaotic and choppy waters of life, that we may find you as a beacon to help guide us. And may we then use the love and the knowledge that you give us to share it with all those around us. We ask this in your most precious name. Amen. (coughs) The astute among you would think that this passage sounds familiar. And I hope it does sound familiar because not only is it a common passage, but it's also a text I preached on this past summer. But the last time I preached this text, I emphasized the silence, the silence in our own lives, the silence that we should create for ourselves in order to sit with God. But this morning, we're going to take a different direction. This morning, we're going to take a look at the time Elijah spent 
in the cave wondering what to do next. Because I think we all know what it's like to be in that cave, in that confined place, not knowing what we are to do. I don't think any of us here this morning would want to be in Elijah's position. Elijah was a man on the run, a refugee, a disgraced prophet, a renegade, a man who spoke truth to an earthly political power who refused to hear the truth. You might think that Elijah would have been lauded or praised for his work, his work of speaking truth to power. But instead, we find that Elijah is forced to flee. It's a fight-or-flight scenario, and it's a position that we, too, have known. Can you remember that feeling? Maybe it was something that happened a long time ago, or maybe it was something that happened more recently. But I'm sure that we can recall a time when we felt like we had to flee for something that we thought was maybe innocent or helpful, but then we were turned on. None of us, I don't think, set out in the morning hoping that we have a target painted on our back. At least, I don't hope that I have a target on my back. But the reality is that on some days, that is exactly what will happen to us, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And on those days, we will find that we have a choice. We can either run Or we can stand strong knowing that in God we are more than enough and that in God's love we live, move, and have our being. But standing strong isn't always easy. Because as you might know, our lives are often confronted with hurdles, hurts, pains that sometimes run so deep they are a constant source of fear and anguish. That kind of fear, that kind of pain, can manifest in very real and debilitating ways. Well, not exactly the same. I I think you know what kind of pain and what kind of fear I'm talking about. In a sense, I'm I'm almost talking about that classic scene out of an old, uh, old school horror movie where, you know, one of the characters are being chased and they make an obvious wrong turn. And they reach a point where they don't know where to go. And so for a moment, they stand still, gripped by the weight of the situation they find themselves in. I imagine that Elijah was gripped by that same kind of fear. The fear of not knowing what was going to come next. The fear of being stuck between a rock and a hard place. The place that that kind of fear and pain takes us to a place that is constraining. It is a place where instead of being free, where we feel free, we feel as though we are held captive. But the thing that's even worse is that sometimes we bring ourselves to that place of constraint. Because like Elijah, we feel like we have nowhere else to run to. When I talk about this place of constraint, maybe an illustration is helpful. And so I was thinking about it, and I I found this this example. 
that, you know, so during the course of World War II, the Nazis did many terrible things, and they implemented many forms of torture. One such method included the use of what was known as a standing cell. Now, these cells were just small enough so that you couldn't really lie down straight like you would in your own bed. You could curl up into a ball on the floor, but you couldn't sleep in a way that was comfortable, forcing you to stand as well. And after a while, it got to a point where your muscles were so tense, they were agonizing in pain. That is how our souls feel when they are burdened, when they are chipped away at day after day, when they are worn down without being filled by something that is life-giving. And so they move into that place of constraint. How many times have we come under fire or have been persecuted or forced into that confining place for something that seemed minor or pardonable? How many of us have sought refuge in the wilderness, in the hidden corners of our souls? How many of us have had to dive deep within the dark caves of our hearts so that we can avoid the feeling of pain that might be inflicted upon us? All that running, all that hiding, all that being tucked away is exhausting and tiring. And if we aren't paying attention, then our weary souls will be even more susceptible to the onslaught of voices. The voices that tell us, you're not good enough. You aren't worthy. Who do you think you are? You won't amount to anything. You should just give up. But God breaks through the voices, the forces that press in on us. God finds us in the darkness and in the wilderness, in the cave where we have tried to find shelter. And once God finds us, the voices will cease and will be left with sheer silence. And out of that sheer silence, we hear the voice of God calling out to us, what are you doing here? In that question, we hear what God is really saying. God tells us to say, I am good enough. I am worthy. I am whole and created in the image of God. And I will keep on going in love and faith. You see, when we think that we are on the precipice, the edge of feeling like things are too much to bear, God bursts in and reminds us of our call. Our call to be our true selves, our valued selves, our selves that were created to reflect the light of the Lord. In the story of Elijah and in the story of our own lives, God is like that well-seasoned traveler. God is the person who comes, meets us in our tight and confined place, and says, hey, I know what it's like to be here. Let me show you the way out. It doesn't come in the form of lightning bolts or earthquakes or fireballs, 
but in the silence of our hearts. The silence where we feel that God is truly near to us. And when we experience that moment, we are set free. And our souls are fed, they are filled, and they are lifted up on high because they have been reminded what it means to be treasured by their creator. That kind of self-affirmation isn't greedy. That kind of self-affirmation isn't narcissistic. I mean, it can, if we get too full of ourselves. But for the most part, you know the onslaught of challenges we face. And so you should know more than anyone else that we need to be reminded that we are whole and that we are complete as people, as the people God has made us to be. Because we are enough. We are worthy. We are everything, and so we keep on living in faith and love because when the forces of self-doubt and external darkness push in on us, when they push us into that confinement, God calls us out. God pulls us out, reaffirming our purpose in life. Because you better believe we still have a role to play in creation. God calls Elijah out of the cave and says, Hey, don't you remember your purpose? Don't you remember who I created you to be? Come on. You still have a vital role to play in this unfolding story of creation. And as God reminded Elijah of his call, his vocation, we too are reminded with a refreshed soul when we are affirmed as people whom God has chosen for such a time as this. Last week I was attending a retreat, as some of you know, that's put on by the Presbyterian Board of Pensions called Credo. It was a retreat that was aimed at pastors who were newly ordained and a time spent doing intense work listening to where God was moving in our lives and in our ministries. To be honest, it was not as restful as I would have hoped. But I came back with a renewed sense of where God was leading me, leading us, and where God is calling us as a whole. It was a moment of moving into that constrained place, a place of discomfort in coming out, hearing God's call anew. All that reflection was good. It was hard, but good. I'm sure that if we looked back as well into our lives and in the life of this church, and even things that have happened this past week, we would find that there were probably moments where we could have used some time listening to the reaffirming words that God has to offer. You see, because there will be days when it seems like the armies of the world are chasing after us. Well, the armies of the world may be an exaggeration, but there certainly will be days when it feels like there's just too much on our plate or the feeling of things getting out of control is upon us. And on those days, we can certainly run and hide into the dark places we have set aside for ourselves. But at some point, God will come in uninvited and fill our hearts 
with peace that transcends all understanding. We may find that God breaks into our lives in the form of a kind gesture someone does for us, or someone offering a kind word, or it may even come in the form of us reminding ourselves that we are enough and that we are complete and that we are whole and that we have a purpose that was divinely ordained. So don't forget that you were called, that you are beloved, that you are ordained, that you were put on this earth as someone whose worth cannot be judged by the world. And as we know what it is like to be in that place of confinement, what it's like to be in that tight and constraining place, we should make it a part of our mission then to liberate others as well. This work of liberation can be messy, as we're reminded of in this morning's reading, but it's work that is satisfying. Satisfying because it doesn't only make us feel good, but because we are called to be a part of that redeeming, that sanctifying work, that loving work of walking with others out of their own caves and into the light so that we, together, no longer have to dwell in the darkness, dwell in those tight and confined places. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.